Hi, welcome to the Dreamcatchers. We are sisters and business partners, Marissa Klein K and Jamie Klein Stozer. We know a little something about dreaming big. In our day jobs, we run the fashion and media division of our family staffing firm in New York City, Choice Associates. We have built a brand around helping others and good energy. Known in our personal and professional worlds as light workers, igniters, and most of all believers, Jamie and I are not only dreamers, but we are doers, and we hope our energy is contagious. On this podcast, we will be chatting to each other and to some of our favorite dream catchers, the people who inspire us not only about career, but about making magic wherever they go. On What's the Word, we will discuss a word, think community, balance, tenacity, etc., in hopes of motivating our audience to incorporate more of that into their lives. Thanks for joining us. Subscribe now and follow us on social media at Dreamcatchers23 for updates and episodes. Hi. Morning. Good morning. Good morning. We're back. We're so excited to be back. Um, we just came off of spring break, so this is, um, we feel like this is like a perfect day to start again. So we're really excited to be we're here. We're reset. I wouldn't say we're rested. No. I wouldn't Some say we're rested. Some of us have ziplined. Okay. So today we are here with our latest installment of What's the Word? I'm very excited, as I always am, about today. I've been courting my guest um, since earlier this year in a very intimate uh, <laughs> conversation in the hallway at Orange Theory in <laughs> Middletown or Shrewsbury. And here we are, and I will let her introduce herself as we just made several jokes off camera about her name, um, which is spectacular and has a lot of heritage. Um, but I will let you introduce yourself, and then I'm going to then kind of talk about you and your story. Um, not your story, but your word. Mm-hmm. Anything to add before no, we let ahead. her take over? Welcome. Okay. Welcome. Welcome. Introduce yourself. Thank Welcome, you for Ms. having Deirdre. me, ladies. Um, yeah, so my name is Deirdre Sparopoulos, and we were laughing about that because I'm 100% Irish with the most Greek last name there yes. is. A lot of vowels going on in there. <laughs> yes. I call myself a database nightmare because nobody could spell my first name or my last. I actually, as a friend of yours, went to print out our paperwork this morning and struggled live action with the R's, the O's, the P's. Lots yep. going on. Mm-hmm. And an L. I was yep. searching for your name in like my inbox for something and I'm like, wait, mm. how did I spell it? Because I, I can't find her. No. Just call me D. Just D. Just well, D. Alrighty. That's my takeout name when I place a takeout order. I'm like D. They're like, what? I'm like D. D. <laughs> Just D. You know what? You can't really win though because my married name is K and I say K and I'll say K-A-Y and they'll be like, a pause. And I'm like, no, no, that's it. Yeah, that's it. So I you got can, it. It's either way. Yeah. Anyway, so Deirdre is here today because she actually is somebody that has empowered th- is it thousands, <laughs> no. thousands, not quite yet, hundreds <laughs> of women in Monmouth County and um, a professional women actually, um, and that are doing something that is just incredible. And I found. Um, you know, just because you you know somebody, all of a sudden your friend or your 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 little girl's friend's mom is on the cover of Community Magazine in your kitchen, and you're saying, "Wait a minute, I didn't know that Deirdre did this." And sure enough, I wanted to tell her story louder. Yeah. Um, and for those of you who are just joining us, the title of this particular podcast is called "What's the Word." 
um, every episode in the series is a focus on a word that we hope will motivate our listeners um, because we all need extra motivation. You know, it's not easy to get up every day and do all the things that we do. And it's especially interesting coming off of spring break where you're able to focus on what's most important. Now you have to segue back into the routine to feel invigorated and to remember why we do what we do. And sometimes we need to remember that what we do every single day is impactful on others. Um, the struggle is real, especially for me and Jamie, um, especially for any of us in this room, to remind ourselves that what we do is important. And the word impactful um, is something that I take really personally because I've always thought about what what Jamie and I do for a living as as important, Absolutely. unsung champions of or hidden, you know, Heroes. little fairy godmothers um, <laughs> or magic sorcerers, so to speak, <laughs> behind people in their career search. It never necessarily made us a lot of money, but it's given us a lot of reward. However, the root of that word of impact is what you do every single day to bring light for others, which is something that I champion on a regular basis. And in this particular episode, our word today is impact. Ironically, literally, figuratively, um, and we'll come back to that. So let's start at the beginning. Deirdre, <laughs> what did you want to be when you were little? <laughs> the first thing I can remember was I wanted to be a personal trainer um, because I wanted a free gym membership. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> I wanted to wear sweatpants to work because that was before um, in all the fun Lululemon apparel. Yeah. Um, but no, I think exercise was always very, very important to me and fitness, and it still very much is. Um, so that was something I thought, maybe I could do that. Like the whole idea of find a job you love and you'll never work a day in your life. And I'm sure. sure you guys yeah. <laughs> By the way, really that was kind of that. very before its yeah. time. Were you it a was high school athlete? Were you an athlete? I, I ran track. Mm -hmm. I was actually on the cheerleading team. I ran squad. track and did cheerleading too. <laughs> I was interesting kind of non-competitive non sports. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I went to a high school where, kind of similar to this area, everybody was very, very athletic. They would go to summer camp, you know, sports camps, etc. Me, not so much, but. I really enjoyed, like, I had a gym membership to the YMCA, which I guess, and member step aerobics, that was, like, yeah, so in. Yeah, <laughs> It was, like, all the rage. It was, like, really, like, Jack LaLanne of friends. you. Yeah, totally. Um, me and a couple of my girlfriends kind of really were, were into it. And so that was my thing. Oh, yeah, like, I'd love to be a personal trainer. Um, and then I kind of learned a little bit more that there's, like, a lot of science involved. It's yeah. A yeah. It's like, technical. Yeah. And also that you have to get up really, really early in yes, the morning. Because that is true. Because you have a lot of clients. And admittedly, I am a night owl. I get most of my work done at Me night. Me too. It's Same. just how I'm, you know, built. Um, so that was kind of like, yeah, good idea, but maybe not. Mm -hmm. That's, <laughs> That's funny. So my funny. roommate from college switched to that, like, health ed. And I remember her being like, this is actually really hard. Oh, yeah. Um, so speaking of then, what was your first job? And I'm not talking real job. I'm talking like, what were you doing when you were hanging with your friends and thinking you were going to teach step class? I was babysitter. I mean, that was just mm -hmm. my gig. It was great. Cash under the table. Yep. Um, spent a lot, a lot of hours at pools and, you know, country clubs helping families and I loved it and you know that was kind of what my first job what I wanted to be was a mommy um, yeah. to be honest and that you know just being around kids was was awesome and just an easy very easy came naturally job. to you yeah yeah absolutely um any highlights from those OG experiences that you still draw on today I'm assuming that maybe some of the lessons that you learned like some of the game 
playing that you played back when you were babysitter. I'm sure you do that every single day in your household to this day so that I can remember how much of a failure I am as a mother. Oh my gosh. She's doing like art projects with She's her like, children. Oh, the rest of us school. are like, here's an iPad. <laughs> I definitely think it's different when you're watching other people's kids yeah, versus yours. Totally. It's a whole interesting dynamic. I'm not mommy of the year by any stretch. I feel like when I'm with other kids and, and also teaching, that was one of my first like real jobs actually was after college. I had, well, before, while I was in college, I had studied abroad in Sevilla, Spain, and I just fell in love with the country and the culture. And I was like, I'm getting back here some way, shape, or form. So what I when did were you there? was I was there in 98. Spring of 98? Yeah. Were you? <laughs> I'm like, so I, I, was abro- I was abroad in spring of 98. Oh, My best friend was in You're still abroad. Done. 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 No. <laughs> Thank you. Like it. <laughs> okay. Um, Dave always says that every time I say I'm a, like when I went abroad or like when I was abroad, and he goes, you're still abroad. You get it? <laughs> yeah, I get it. Okay. Um, I'm slow on the uptake. <laughs> only one coffee in. I was abroad spring of 98. I missed the Seville trip because when I went to Spain, there was like a bus cancellation. And oh. those are the days you took a bus. Absolutely. Um, but my roommate, not the one that wanted to be in health ed, my other roommate from college, was studying abroad there at the same time. I remember, I, I have such vivid memories of my trip to Seville. Actually, it was like the entire city felt like, smelled like lavender. Yes. I was like, it's just such a gorgeous, like it was it's like, like a lavender horse trees. poop and lavender. Yes, it's horse <laughs> poop and lavender. Everywhere. Totally. Like I was on like an open carriage yes. thing with a horse. Yeah, so I'm like beautiful. smelling like horse butt. And then also <laughs> well, pulling up next to like gorgeous mansions my, with lavender My trees. experience abroad named my daughter, Sienna. Oh. So I'm glad that it, it was not lavender and horse butt. <laughs> <laughs> just La- lavender horse butt K. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anywho. So yeah. you, I, I just you were- fell in love with the culture. It was, you know, just something I knew I wanted to do. So after I graduated, I moved um, to Madrid. And you did. I, so cool. Yeah. I just kind of did, was like, I got to do this. You know, there's no time like now. I know that I'm going to wind up go- going and getting a job. I've got loans to pay off. But it was something I knew I had to do at that very moment. So I relocated, got a job, got a place to live in Madrid, and I taught English. And what was great about it was I was working with, at the time, Spain was going and getting ready to go into the European Union. Sure. So a lot of the high-level executives in the multinational companies wanted to learn not just English, but like American English. So I kind of had this like skill set because there were a lot of British that were teaching English, but they liked the fact that I was, you know, American. They probably liked my Jersey accent. Right, right. Yeah, (laughs) totally. That was it. And so I would travel around Madrid going to these like big corporations um, over lunchtime and working with CEOs and um, at such a young age. Yeah, you're a kid. Yeah, I love that. It was great. It was really You were in the right place at the right time. It was great. So how, when you left, were you only there a year? Just a year. Mm-hmm. And then you came back to the States, mm-hmm. um, and you managed to That's take That's a tough your, transition, yeah, I can imagine. it was very difficult. Because you then went from four years of college, like yep. best four years ever, then amazing year abroad. It was abroad. essentially my fifth year Your of fifth year, and then you're anyway. back here. Then what did you do? Yeah, so it was really, it was a big adjustment. What I was fortunate about was at the time when I was um, graduating Villanova, 
the job market was hot. It was great in 99. So I was able to get a job before I left for Spain at Prudential in a program. It was a leadership development program. So we, um, it was a two and a half year program rotating across different business units, kind of like a management training. So I was able to, this is kind of an ask and you shall receive. I asked them if they would defer my... Wow. Yeah. So I was and able to... She had to, a job lined up before she yeah. went. Wait, I'd like to insert... Wait, I have I'd like chills about yeah, that. Yeah, me too. That I'd like to like insert unreal. some facts for our, our listeners. Now, what she's saying is the job market was hot at that time because she was fortunate to be interested in more corporate. The job market in creative and fashion at that time was not so much, Would especially heard, in the internet heard, and the dot-com. We heard Marissa's story about that, I think. Sorry, I'm still bitter, actually. Um, <laughs> it has nothing to do with like, we, Deirdre we graduated in the same year. Like, I don't so, have the same memory. So you think Deirdre, Deirdre went abroad, lived a year in Madrid, and then got the job that she deferred where I did not go to Aspen <laughs> with my friends for the summer, got a job, and was fired in August. <laughs> oh, no. oh, sorry. That's we're okay. still killing it, though. That's okay, but we're all here together right, now. We're here, here together we now. Anyway, exactly. It all, it all happens for But you do say something that's really important, and people need to advocate for themselves and and the truth is is it, it, the answer might be no but if you can ask the question ask in it. a respectful way because you're trying to chase an opportunity you know I mean what you were doing is you were going to teach English as a second language overseas it wasn't like you were Absolutely. gonna go to snorkel yeah. for a year which yeah. that sounds nice you, too it's, it's all about how you position it exactly right? I had to kind of really state the business cases I really want to improve my Spanish sure and, you know bilingual and by the way did you end up being fluent yes yeah are you still I hope so it's okay. kind of yeah. like riding a bike I'm like I gotta rock this Spanish and- yeah you should we no, should do the rest of the interview. Not. Let's do the rest of the interview in Spanish. <laughs> I know. I, I, have no, I have no idea how to ask the questions, but <laughs> I, you can answer in Spanish. No, I kidding. only know what I know from Dora on Sesame Street. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, though, I what I was going to say is on our in, our interview, the last interview we did with Christina Santos, she said something similar, ask and you will receive. Or yes. if you don't ask, what was her quote? It was something like that, mm. which is exactly what you just said. Like if you, Like if you don't ask for it, Definitely. you won't get it. it. And you just, you got to try. So you yeah. deferred. Mm-hmm. They honored it. Yes. And you came back and had a place to come back to. Amazing. 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 And then you started, and from what I understand, you were at Prudential for 10 years. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then, ironically or not so ironic, the position in corporate was in somewhat of a training, teaching, education capacity, which is no shock based on your desires and interests when you were a kid. It wasn't that initially, though. I think that was the whole idea of being able to work towards it. I think my first two and a half years there in the program, you know, I learned a lot, but I think I was really restless. I really questioned, should I be doing this? I don't feel it. Corporate is like not for me. I'm not helping anyone. I really, really had a lot of personal struggles. Um, and of course, now 2020 hindsight, you realize like, oh, that was all for a reason. But at the time, I really wasn't happy and didn't think that this is what I wanted to do. What I was fortunate was that Prudential was paying for my MBA. So I was, you know, really kind of tied to, to continuing to work for them. I also knew that they were, this, this kind of reminds me of like the lean in, I was kind of leaning out already, knowing that I wanted to have a family eventually. And Prudential is a—it's an incredible place to work for working moms. So I kind of knew you stuck it this out. This is a good gig. I'm gonna try and find my home. And I did a lot of like informational interviewing. Smart. Um, just trying. We to We preach that a lot. Yeah. So you know, internally at Prudential. Internally, because I knew they had a very strong international area, but nobody could get into it. It was very—you know—nobody was leaving that group. 
Um, so I was able to have kind of a informational interview with who then became my my boss, the chief operating officer for the international group. And we just had a nice chat, you know, and I wasn't asking for anything. So that was great. We just I just kind of interviewed him and asked him about their division. And about four months later, I got an email from him saying, check out this job posting. I think you should post. This is like literally this conversation. This is like everything we talk about. Everything we talk about regularly, which is, you know, network most when you need it the least. So at that time, you didn't really need it. You were gainfully employed. You knew in the back of your mind you might need him one day. Mm -hmm. So you set up a coffee with him. You have a conversation. And that when they do have the job opening, they come back to you, right? Versus... Right when you're like desperate for that job, looking for it is when you don't find it. That's so right. it found you, which I love. And we talk about that all the time. What an uh, what an incredible tribute to who you were as a young woman because truthfully, we meet hundreds of people in a month <laughs> or a year, whatever you want to call it. And not everybody is equipped with all that natural instinct. Mm-hmm. So I give – Twenty How something old were you when you did kudos. that? So that would have been like twenty four. Yeah, like twenty four years old. Yeah. Like yeah, setting up a, that fourth that, that that foresight that yeah, you could that you sit down do with this man and actually be able to you know pick his brain, which I think is so 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 smart. So then you did you 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 spent your time there. Yeah, and I found my my niche. I was really actually happy there. It kind of all made sense. What did you end up doing? So I was working in the international insurance group with the comp- our companies outside of the U.S. Um, a lot in an HR. I was a project manager, so that was great. I got to kind of do a lot. He was the chief operating officer, and so I really supported a lot of the different projects. Um, working with the CEOs in those different subsidiaries, working with the Salesforce compensation, so learning. A lot about how to motivate your sales teams mm-hmm. and and then succession planning, which was a really cool yep. project to work on. And that's what is the organization doing to make sure this next generation of leaders is being developed and motivated and being retained, which was really very, very important. So interesting your career and then your pause to be a mommy. Yeah. And the the highlights that we're drawing from it. And how, I, without even having to hear what your next sentence is going to be, you're drawing on what you used in your career for Absolutely. your current current hat that you're wearing. Which, by the way, I relate very much to what you're saying because, you know, I think that bug of education, inspiring others, and is very much kind of my story too. And that's why I do what I do is because I feel like we're teachers every day motivators, educators. Um, So I feel you. And I was in corporate HR for many years before Mm -hmm. I started doing this. So I, you know, and I always thought I wanted to be a teacher. So everything you're saying is very similar. And we get to this in in a little while, but we talk about a lot with our candidates that come in, like, who are you in your friend group? Who are you as a human? So I think what you're, you know, kind of showcasing right now and, and telling all of us is that you kind of identified this desire to work in international and the whole you know experience you had in Spain and then also wanting to work with kids or educating others and you were able to marry all of that in your actual day job and you created you manifested that for yourself which is a really you know kudos to you it's very cool so what do you do now so now I'm a professional volunteer. I love it. I mean yeah. you're a mom? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. What else? That, that too. Full time, full time. We're all full time moms, yeah. no matter what we're doing. That's yeah. true. Um, so yeah, so I am the co-founder and president of a group called Impact 100 Jersey Coast, which is a women's philanthropy group. 
Um, and what we do is every year we ask our members to donate $1,100, and we pool $1,000 of that to a grant fund. And we together as the members decide where that funding is going to go. And it's to local nonprofits here in Monmouth County. So it's a hyper-local initiative. And it's really about bringing women together um, to have a collective voice in helping our community. I love that. What made you investigate that you wanted to bring Impact, because Impact is a is not just a local organization. That's it's a, right. it's it's a national yeah. or it's a global organization. Yeah. Forgive me. Mm-hmm. What made you decide or what exposed you to that brand or that program? Well, so at the time, so this would be like 2015, um, we moved down here from Hoboken in 2012. Hoboken. Us oh, yeah. too, No baby. joking. Yep. Yep. Love the Boken. Mm-hmm. Um, so many great memories there. And I basically, I had three Three kids in three years. So it was bananas. You, were, you remind me so much of my friend that was in Seville with you. That I'm wondering if you guys knew each other. Okay, go ahead. We'll go there offline. Yep. So, yeah, it was just, it was crazy. I don't think I had time to think of anything other than the three kids. You know, that was my life. I was very happy about it. You know, I knew I wanted to be a mom and talk about going all in. It was just you were like, all in. whoa. Yeah. <laughs> so there was no side hustle. My side hustle was basically going to Target to buy diapers. So, yeah. you know, those three years were intense, but I knew and I had to kind of trust that like I'm just supposed to, I'm just supposed to be doing this right now. Just like remember how I talked about those two and a half years that I was pretty much miserable at Prudential. It was like, okay, listen, this is all you know, it's an just, opportunity cost for yeah. you. Yeah. And by the way, I wasn't miserable in those three years. I don't right. Mean to say it like that, right. but it was, I was in the trenches, right? But what was wonderful and what I really love about this area was I met some amazing women. Um, I was in a newcomers club mm-hmm. for Rumson Little Silver Fairhaven, and it really kind of introduced me to some fantastic ladies, many of whom were stay-at-home moms. So we, we had these play groups, and that was kind of also the deal in Hoboken. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just kind of in the trenches, but it's nice to have these women Collective with community, and, yep. Yeah, support. Village. Mm-hmm. A village, exactly. Um, and so this village here in this area, what I quickly learned was, wow, like, you know, we're talking so much about our kids, and it's all about these babies, but, like, when we start the conversation about what did you used to do before, you know, mm-hmm. before I knew you, it was like really high powered, legit, talented, yep. super wicked smart people. And I kind of felt this need to change the conversation. Um, like, let's stop talking about diapers. Let's stop talking about potty training. Um, is there a way that we could kind of just have another conversation? And that was the whole idea of, my community and wanting to to help. Um, and so I started to kind of research, you know, the Two River Times, that local. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I love that paper, actually. I read yeah. it. I would open it and see the people pages and all of these, like, beautiful people going to these galas and learning about these nonprofit organizations that are working so hard. And I was like, I'd like to try to help, but I don't know where to start. Mm-hmm. And so I found myself just being paralyzed. Um, I you know, oh, I don't know. I can't really volunteer. It's hard to commit. I'm paying for like, a babysitter to go mm-hmm. volunteer. Like, how's this going to work? Mm-hmm. So I kind of wasn't doing anything, but I knew I wanted to. So when I learned about impact, it was like, wow, this can check so many boxes because the whole idea with impact is, you know, when we have this grant fund and it's a six figure grant that we go out to the community and say, please apply, tell us about a project or program. Um, 
we get to learn about all of the different needs, all of the different groups. And, you know, I kind of joke around and call it sometimes the match.com of, of philanthropy. You know, it's finding the causes and the passions in, in our community and allowing women to really make that connection. And for those who want to get more involved, like, go for it. It's great. Um, so that was the whole idea behind impact is you're not just – giving funding to a project and program, but you're also opening up a whole new world for, for any of the members that are interested. So you started when? 2016? Yeah. So 2015 in this in the summer was when the whole idea started to percolate. Um, Heather Burke um, is a woman who lives in Middletown, and we were not friends. We Our husbands knew each other, um, but Heather had the nonprofit experience. She was a grant writer and had worked at Lunch Break, which is a fantastic sure. organization. Mm-hmm. And I knew if, if I was going to start this, it, I needed to have a partner, and I needed to have somebody that knew what I didn't know. And she really kind of brought that whole perspective. Um, I think I brought kind of the corporate and the project management and the, you know, and the business MBA. planning. And yeah, the MBA. absolutely. I mean, and that com- I mean that, that foundation of education and the years of experience and leading the sales teams and all that different stuff, plus the global exposure is, yeah. is priceless. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So the two of you were in it to win it. And it's win it. We were very fortunate. It all aligned. You know, she had the time because sometimes it's it's not just about. I mean, it's a lot of time. We didn't know how much time it was going to be, which I think was a blessing because when you don't know it, it's better to just roll forward with it. But we were able to gather up um, a few other women in our community. We kind of identified what are the skill sets that we need. Um, you know. Let's let's ask. Kind of that whole asking you shall receive. So one by one, we kind of started recruiting people and asking them to be part of our founding board. And then we were eleven women in a room sitting there talking about, you know, can we get to a hundred? Because that's the whole idea. Impact one hundred is um, hundred thousand dollar grants, big time grants. The name Impact really moving the needle, helping these organizations do something big and transformational. So in order to get to that 100,000, we needed 100 women. We sat there and had 100 women room. that would contribute $1,000. That's right. So that Got you it. could contribute 100,000 to a local organization that was basically competing for that grant. That's right. Exactly. So we sat there in the room and said, you know, is this something we could do? And this woman, Kate McMahon, who was fantastic, just at the perfect time said, listen, if we each bring a few friends, we got this. We can do this. And I think I always knew we would do it. But hearing someone else say it like that, I was like, all right, let's do it. Let's do it. I love it. it. So 2016, you get 100 girls, 100 100 women. 145. 145. So you start with an idea. You're paralyzed. You start with an idea. You find a mutual friend-ish. Mm-hmm. You have 11 women, and you end up with 145. That's a loud voice. I love that. And now, let's see. The first year you were able to reward, so then does that mean you were able to reward 145,000 to one organization? One org. What organization was that in your first so year? that was 180 Turning Lives Around, um, which is an organization fantastic here in Monmouth County that helps victims of domestic and sexual violence, human trafficking, child abuse. So um, the program that our $145,000 funded was what was called a family justice center, and it did not exist. So that's the whole idea is what can we do with for these organizations? That's like a big change. Yeah. Exactly. And they identified, um, you know, so many victims just give up. They have to 
you know, there's so many things involved when you're trying to leave an abuser. You have to get a deposition. You have to um, file police reports. You're going to move. Your children need to, you know, go to another school. All of these things that are barriers that ultimately these women were just giving up and going back to their abusers. So the concept behind the Family Justice Center, which is a, a proven model, there's one in North Jersey, so they really studied what are these groups doing, um, is it's a one-stop shop. You come in, you tell your story once, you fill out one form. You're not going all over, and they really seek to help you and identify what are your needs and how can we connect you with the right agencies. Now, do you stay in close touch with the organization after? Absolutely. Almost like a like a like almost like a shark tank, yeah, so to speak. I've heard people talk about um, impact as the shark tank of philanthropy as well. But, yeah, we definitely do. Um, what we love about our grantees is they know their work better. We don't try to, you know, get in the kitchen with them. We say we want to support you. We believe in you because they apply. It's a very rigorous application process. We look at their financials. We go on site visits. We make sure that anybody's going to the finals. And your board is doing that piece. Um, our, our, our members. Oh, your it's members. It's beautiful. It's not just our leadership team. It's the women who raise their hands and say that they want and to you know review the applications and they have the time, they do that over the summer, um, and they go and they they learn more about these groups and ultimately choose the five groups that will present to our entire membership at our annual meeting, and then our entire membership will hear the five minute pitch, and they will. Vote. I love that. And then I think the the development of this impact. Um, 100 happened in the lifespan in which I was living. I had moved here. Okay. So I moved from Hoboken in 2016, and I remember some of my first people that I met, uh, one of my neighbors, Lori, mm-hmm. um, had told me about it, and I, it didn't really come into my um, orbit, orbit sure. other than in words at that time prior to really this year. Um, and the growth between your year one and then your year two. So after you did 145 members and you rewarded this one organization that we just talked about, and then how many people did you grow to? Well, we kind of caught the bug at that point. We were like, wow, we were hoping for 100. We got 145. Let's do this. Let's get double. So we set out to do 200, and then we got 246. So it was... I love the extra one. I do. I know. Do you know who the extra extra person is? Like 246? I don't know. I don't know. So number 246, and that was in... 2017. Okay. And that reward was two hundred forty-six thousand, or yeah. did you then you- so we split it right down the middle so that we could give it to two groups, so one hundred twenty-three thousand each. Wow! Yeah. And who'd you give it to that time? So Covenant House of New Jersey, which is located in Asbury Park, and this is a fantastic project. It's called the Rites of Passage Program. Um, they have a home, uh, Interface Neighbors, which is another great nonprofit, had built a home for Covenant House, saying. You know, we recognize with so many young people between the ages of 18 and 22 and talk about an underserved population, you're aging out of foster care and, you know, navigate. I mean, I I say like any 18 year old, no matter where you come from, it's a shit show, right? Yeah, Mm -hmm. (laughs) totally. And I mean, look what we were doing. We talked about it already. Yeah. We were fortunate and had all the all the right tools and it's still challenging. Yeah. So in this instance, you know, how do we get these young men, because it's a home for five young men, really on the right foot. 
And the first thing they identified is housing. I mean, these kids are couch surfing or on the streets. So how are you going to hold down a job? How are you going to finish high school? How are you going to do anything? So the idea behind Rites of Passage is to be able to house these young men and to really give them that wraparound service and that care that, you know, like a parent almost is really helping them determine what is your, you know, what's your plan? What are you doing? Are you going to get your GED? Are you going to go to college, like, let's do this and really give them the support that they need. And so that's what our 123,000 did was help start that program, um, which has been incredibly successful. So that was the first uh, tranche. And then the second was um, Mental Health Association of Monmouth County, um, dealing with a very serious, as unfortunately a lot of us are privy to, is the teen suicide epidemic. Sure. Um, and that came at a time that was really raw in our community. Mm-hmm. Um, so what this program is called Lifelines, and it actually had been pre-established. So what they were looking to do with our grant funding was expand the program and bring it to more schools. So with our $123,000, MHA has been able to bring it to 51 schools in Monmouth County. And what that program is, is really, it's a community-based approach. It's not just, hey, teachers, these are the signs. It's really empowering the kids Mm -hmm. with their peers. Yeah, what are the red flags? What are the signs? Not being afraid to speak up. Um, And the coaches and the parents and just the entire community because if we're going to do anything, it's got to be a community-based approach. So MHA is just doing a fantastic job. Um, They're really incredible. It's it's been inspiring to work with any of these nonprofits and just see like day in and day out. They are just doing the work, so hardcore, so passionate. And we feel privileged to just support them in a small way through our grant. I love that. Wow. And then you just had your – your membership, your most recent membership yeah. meeting. So for the new year, you now are going to be going from 246 to are we are we at the point where we can yeah. say? Well, there was a year in between there. Oh, I missed it. <laughs> oh, that's right, 2018. We, year. So we didn't talk about 18. Whoops. Yeah, we just um, again kept going and said let's triple our impact. So we got 336 women. Wow. Um, yeah, incredible. So split that down the middle. Three grants at 112,000. And then this year... Oh, wait. Well, hold on oh, a yes, minute. we got to honor course. those 112s. Of course. Of so course. 112 went to... Um, CFC Loud and Clear, Coming Full Circle is the name of the organization, and that is an addiction um, recovery program. But what's cool about what they're doing with our funding is they identified the underserved population being the support community for the addict, the grandparents, the siblings, you know, just anybody around how they need help. They need support. Mm -hmm. Um, So with our grant, they're able to build out programs to support that, that community. Wow. Wonderful. And then the other was for Caregiver Volunteers of New Jersey, um, and that is particularly for folks struggling with Alzheimer's. Um, And I'll never forget that night when they gave the pitch at our annual meeting is two-thirds of the women in this room is going to be impacted by dementia, be it ourselves or we're going to be caretakers for someone. And it was really scary. That's a crazy uh, fact. It really got our attention. And so what this program does it kind of checks a lot of boxes. It works um, with the actual person who has dementia. They will be paired with a volunteer, and it's a music therapy program. So, oh, I love that. Yeah, interestingly, you know, so much of memory can come back through music, song, mm-hmm. yeah, music, because it song. triggers so many different things. And so, they will pair up a person with. Um, 
you know, a volunteer, but the nice part of it is the caregiver will have three hours to do whatever they need to do, you know, and that is huge because it's about conserving the energy and the, you know, just the caregiver gets burnt out. And they get so, a break. Yeah, they get a break. They get a much needed break through through that program. I love that. How many how many um, nonprofits applied last year for those three spots? Um, it was about fifty three, I believe. And how do they learn about impact to apply? There's multiple ways. I mean, we're thankfully just kind of catching our stride. Our first year, we were like, "Oh my gosh, it's great! We got 145 women." But are we going to get nonprofits to apply? Right, right, Supply sure, demand, sure. Like, ah. But thankfully, absolutely, we did. We we really look to our members as one channel because so, a lot of our members are dialed in to the yeah. nonprofit community. You know, we probably have like half, half that are into impact because they want to learn. And so they're, you know, working sure. in the city 70 hours a week and they're saying, listen, I can't give any time to volunteer, but I, I want- I can give you $1,100 and I want to be part of it. And I want to yeah. be part of this. But then the other half, I'd say more or less, um, are very dialed into the nonprofit community. So we say to them, please get the word out about our grant. And then we have just the traditional channels like databases, Grant Watch, and different, um, if you're a grant writer, this is your job. You're supposed to be looking on these, like the equivalent of job posting board, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm about grant opportunities. And then through press, we've been really fortunate that a lot of these local um, organizations or press um, areas have been able to get the word out about our grant. Well, I mean, you're creating organic success because you're working within your own community. Sure. Um, So the word of mouth really truly should support you. Yeah. So now that we've talked about those three incredible organizations and that's – Did oh, we check one the third? Oh, no. Yeah. We didn't do that. No. My goodness. I'm fast forwarding. I know. It's amazing so how many sorry. grantees we have. The last one is Family Resource Associates, which is a, another great organization. They are um, specifically working with intellectual dis- disabilities. And what they identified is so many of those folks, um, when they age out of school, what now? You know, what they want to try to be – you know, contributing members to society, but it's very difficult to hold a job or yes. first to find a job. Yep. But then to hold a job is really difficult as mm-hmm. well. So with this program called Customized Employment Opportunity, the CEO program, they are really spending a lot of time up front identifying what your passions are or what are you really interested in because then if there's a good job fit, you're likely to keep it. So, you know, whereas in the past maybe Sarah is getting paired with Acme to, um, you know, bag groceries. That's not exciting. You know, there's not a good fit there. She might not wind up being able to keep that job. But if they go in and they they look around and they talk to Sarah and it turns out Sarah's really uber organized. She's really, really good at organizing her jewelry and her necklaces. Guess what? They got Sarah a job at Target and she does all of the organi- organizing of the jewelry counter. Oh, my God. I love that. And mm-hmm. that speaks volumes to, to us. To what we do. Yeah. And that's yeah, when, 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 when and if one day I can actually take time from – being in profit to being more nonprofit. I love being able to think about isolating stuff like that. I would love to learn more about that organization. Yeah. Fantastic. I group. mean, we could speak to them even locally. Yes. And absolutely. just talk to them about, you know, putting resumes together and all that stuff. Absolutely. That would be huge. Um, all right. Well, you know what? We'll follow we'll up circle on Circle back to that. Yep. I love that. So now I can ask my question. <laughs> it's 2019. Okay, I didn't skip any years. Nope. Lost in Jamaica somewhere. Um, It's 2019. You've now, you had 336 people in 2018 from zero from 2015. How many people do you have today? 440 women. 440 women. So in 2019, you will be able to do. That's quick math. 
It is. 410 four ways. I can even do that one. 110 four ways. Wow. That's incredible. I was pretty, it's really funny. I'm not like an OCD person. I actually call myself NCD, non-compulsive, but I, it was amazing how we ended on a perfect divisible number. It's a beautiful thing. I was like, wow. So now, in all fairness, you would want to give the 110 four ways because then you can help four organizations impactfully, correct? Rather than giving 200 something thousand dollars to two organizations? Correct. Okay. That would be 220. Quick math. I never said I was good at math. <laughs> I did. Um, so, so I feel like we've really skirted around this, but I'm going to ask you directly. What does the word impact mean to you? Mm, to me. So to me personally, like not looking at the definition, it really means to make it count. Like for me in my life, what that means mm-hmm. is to go all in, to do it and do it for real. Um, I, I actually looked up, I cheated and I looked up the definition because I was like, okay, well, this is my word. Like, and it really means to have a direct effect on someone or something, right? That's mm-hmm. to make contact, to influence. So, and that's exactly what our group does. It has an impact and effect directly on an organization and on all of the people that they serve. And it's in a real way, in like a strong way because we want to do the six-figure grants. And when I first got started and was learning about this group, I called up the founder, and she's she's great, very accessible, and I asked her, you know, why not 10 grants of $10,000? Because that arguably, you know, impact could be helping 10 organizations. Sure. And she quickly made me realize, like, it's about doing something in a transformational way. And $10,000 oftentimes— It's not enough. Exactly. It's really, I mean, these groups, if anything I've learned in these last four or five years is how hard these groups work to raise $2,000, $3,000. I mean, it is a lot of work to be out there fundraising. So when you know that you're going to get a significant amount of money, you really can do something big and something impactful. Yeah. And, you know, Marissa and I, you know, in our 25 side hustles, we plan an event for our synagogue, the shopping day. And we know just firsthand how hard it is to raise just a couple thousand dollars. Mm -hmm. It's so much work. And for, you know, one event. And so to imagine being able to give that kind of reward, if you want to call it that, to an organization, it's really incredible. I mean, I can't even imagine getting that kind of huge lump sum, you know, to anywhere that you feel passionate about. So do you find that your day-to-day is what inspires you? Or is there, or is there something outside of all this incredible stuff, this magic that you're making, that you also draw upon to to stay in, inspired? Hmm, that's a good question. I think what keeps me inspired, honestly, is the women that that I work with. They're just they always bring their A game. It's just really amazing to be in the company of such talented women that are just doing this for free. Like this is it. You know, we're we're just all showing up trying to help out and really dedicated, committed. And that to me has been inspirational. Like I love the fact that I work with women. That That's not where I came from. I came from a corporate setting where a lot of the people were men and, and it's great. I think, you know, I've got a big brother and I think I resonate a lot with with dudes, but <laughs> I, I Except just, for in step class. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, depends. Exactly. Yeah. 
But I, I just think that being together with women, coming together to do something bigger and better than than what we could as separate individuals is what continues to inspire me. That and also, you know, all of these great projects that I just talked about. When we come together once a year, and that's the thing, we're all about the busy woman. We don't meet monthly. We don't, you know, we're just not a lot of fluff. It's like, we've got this money. Let's get it out there. And we'll see you next year. It's amazing. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. It's I'm in. Right at my alley. I'm, I'm yeah. in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, being in that room and hearing about all of these different projects is truly inspiring. And even the ones who don't get it, you know, we really want them to reapply. And a lot of times just Getting that exposure to such a powerful demographic of women who are sitting there in that room. Yeah, they may really decide to a make a run. donation anyway. Oh, they yeah, do. Yeah. And we, we're just now starting to talk about the impact of impact um, and really trying to track, you know, what happens beyond the grant. Is, you know, this woman joining a board, this person um, – yeah, what else is Starting happening? Starting a business because venture she, with a woman that she met was sitting right. next to. There's so many things that and, are and happening. Thinking about, and thinking about – one of the things we talked about in that hallway conversation is how much networking could be done amongst your own powerful members. And what I think you mentioned before that I'd like to spend a moment on, what I love about what Impact offers is you're putting a whole bunch of really talented women – that perhaps are not working 70 hours a week anymore in a room with talented women who are working yes. 70 hours a week. And some of them are mothers and some of them are not mothers. That's and right. everybody's in different age demographics, correct? Definitely. So it's it's not a once it's a it is a one size fits all in the fact that it's inclusive. Absolutely. And I feel like as a working mother, we are isolated into different communities, ironically. Um, so to be part of something that's much bigger mm-hmm. and much more impactful and surrounded by people that can inspire you that perhaps are on a different stage or path, I think is just as magical. It is. Um, it really is. To, you know, to be in a room or working side by side by somebody that maybe is 20 years behind you, I mean ahead of you, mm-hmm. 10 years behind you, or in the trenches with a three-year-old when you're out in the, you know, or you're back on the ferry into the city, whatever it is, I think there's something really empowering in all of that because we all need it. Yeah. Absolutely. And also, you don't have to do it one big night a year. Yeah. <laughs> I had a check. That. Well, I love that. And also, you know, we, we talk about – it's one of the major reasons we started this podcast. I love what you were saying about there's so many people that you meet that do something just super cool or used to, right? Yeah. I hate to say it this way, but I'm a big fan of Handmaid's Tale. So, like, in Handmaid's Tale, you're watching this show, and it's like, who were you before, mm. you know, this crazy turn of events has happened, which hopefully that never happens to our community of women. <laughs> um, but it's it's very much like, who were you before, right? There's mm-hmm. so many people out there that are doing something super cool or used to uh, And we happen something. to be in an age bracket, and that's what I mean. We are in an age bracket where we are coming we are coming to terms with who were you before, who are you now, and who yeah. will you be. Yeah. And, and and for all the I mean, I have daughters, you have daughters. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have son, you have a, I mean, you guys have a mix. I mean, I, I do everything I do because I want my girls to be able to not have to think about it. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be a thing to think about. It should be because she could do whatever they, they both can do whatever they want because it's normal. Yeah. Normalizing, you know, we as a as a as a as a generation are normalizing everything. That's our goal, right? But the things that are the most normal are the things that aren't getting normalized. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, 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 and that's a deep thought, but it's true. So here we are just trying to do our thing 
And it's hard to just do our thing. Yeah. And I think it's very And I cool think what to... you're doing, although impactful in, in a in a in a in a philanthropy way, is also really impactful for the women you're working with. Absolutely. And for me, listening. I mean, I, I knew about it, but you know, I'm sitting here and I'm like, okay, we joked offline how what you can spend eleven hundred dollars on? It was fourteen hundred dollars that I was talking about before about my earlobes. Yeah, yeah. fourteen hundred dollars. <laughs> Jamie, we were talking we, about earlobe slits. Is yes, what we were talking yes, about. We were talking in case about anyone wants to know, your sewing up your earlobe slit like from nineties <laughs> earrings that ruin my ears. Yes, and we were saying you, that you would much rather spend fourteen hundred dollars on a variety of other things. Maybe and I'll spend that fourteen hundred dollars on impact. That's Is my that what point. you're saying, Marissa. <laughs> um, because no really, pressure. I mean, I'm just take saying, out your checkbook. I mean, I don't know. I mean, at this point, it doesn't really matter. You can wear clip-ons from Target. I can. I They're can very wear- well organized. <laughs> Um, So we covered a lot of the other questions here because we've already discussed a lot of our mantras because you actually honor and embody a lot of the things we talk about on a regular basis. Um, But do you have a personal mantra? I think my personal mantra was given to me by my parents who, you know, how Mr. Rogers talks about the helpers. Yeah. That's my parents. They're two extraordinary people. Um, But I was always raised on to whom much is given, much is expected. And I find myself saying that. I mean, I was it was thrown in my ear constantly as a kid. But here I am again as a parent saying it to my kids. Um, I don't know if it's sinking in. <laughs> but the whole idea of, wow, like, I mean, even just the country that we were born into and where we live, having traveled the world, like, how lucky. I know it's a shit show out there in America right now. Yeah. But, I mean, we live in an amazing country with so much opportunity. So, you know, we have that going for us. And then... You know, I just had this amazing childhood and upbringing. I, my parents, my mom was a social worker. My dad worked um, for Peace Corps. So they both, you know, really made a lot of sacrifices to move to a town that was, you know, very good school system. And Where are you from? Um, Westfield, New Jersey. Oh, yeah. I've heard sure. of it. Yeah. Westfield. So I was from the, quote, wrong side of the tracks over there. You know, a lot of um, affluence. And... You know, it was it was wonderful childhood. I was very, you know, protected. But I also was brought up to say, you know, this isn't just about you. This is you've been given a lot in your life. What are you doing to help others? Um, And so that's always kind of been my mantra is, you know, it's not just about me. So what can we do together? Well, it seems like you have honored collectively, both personally and professionally, all the things that you were brought into this world with and then found along the way. Um, I mean, you know, we didn't mention your parents up until this point for them (laughs) to be in the Peace Corps and also be a social worker. It's not rocket science how you ended up with all this natural inhibition, um, intuition to want to be inhibition. Inhibition. Yeah, no inhibition. (laughs) Inhibition. No inhibitions, actually. No inhibition. Um, (laughs) Intuition. Toward wanting to help others. I, I love it. And, you know, Jamie Jamie usually asks the, the last couple of questions, and I feel like I don't know how we'll be able to top some of the things that we've talked about, but go, Jamie. Um, well, we talk about uh, often uh, our action words for the year. You know, we, we like to send intention. We don't necessarily talk about resolutions, and obviously we're a quarter of the way through the year. Um, you know, besides impact, obviously, do you have an action word for 2019 that you're trying to achieve? Yes, I Zip do line. actually. But it's it's multiple words. Is sure, yeah, <laughs> words. Um, guard your time. Mm-hmm. I think for me, and and I say it out loud because I have to start obeying it, and sometimes I don't. Um, it's guard your time because as a quote professional volunteer, it's really really easy to 
lose yourself and lose your time. Um, I always have to kind of go back to the fact that I took a pause from my career to raise my kids. I have to remember that. And it's so easy to just be like working, 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 you know, for impact or whatever it is, different volunteer pieces and not spend time with my kids or not have, you know, enjoy this time that I am not, quote, working. So I think guard your time. And I think that's important for women in general, not to like opine on this, but I think we get asked to do a lot of things and we feel guilty saying no. What do you mean? I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know what guilt is. What? No, never. It's my middle name, actually. Yeah. No, we all, have guilt it. we all have it. <laughs> I, I mean, Don't I'm Irish horse Catholic. Butt lavender. <laughs> Are you kidding? Irish Catholic. It's like the original, right? Um, but being comfortable, and maybe that came with turning forty, is um, being able to identify what where you want to dedicate your time, and including even people, right? It's like who do I want to spend my time with? Luckily, we can talk about this at Driftwood soon, where we'll be in protected time. Can't That's wait. Right. I will guard that time. Guard that time at with my life. Uh, what is your superpower, would you say? I know that it's a it's a hard question. I find that people are always like, I don't know, you know, but we really believe that everyone has a superpower. Like what it is that you bring to the world that no one else can do. That no one else can do? Or that, you know, that no, it doesn't that you have to be do no exceptionally one. well. That you would do ex- exceptionally well. There might be other people that can do it too. Like I could probably name 10 for you, but it really uh, should come from you. <laughs> Yeah, you name it because I can't. I don't know. I mean, honestly, I thought when I when I did read, I got a little cheat sheet before saying what is your superpower. I was just going to say my energy mm-hmm. um, because you know I'll be that one at midnight that all of a sudden just can like pound out writing a speech or you know sending out ten emails and people are like, damn, how did you like even do that? You're, and I think it's also people is who I get my energy from. I could be, you know, sitting on my couch like, oh, my gosh, how can I go to another wine and cheese right now? Like, this is going to be really hard. And next thing I know, fast forward 35 minutes later, I am, like, on fire. I am passionate. I'm talking to women. I'm, you know, not even thinking twice about it. So I don't know if that's really unique and special. But to me, I found that that's really held me in good stead these last four years um, where, you know, you think the tank is empty and then it just gets filled up again. I think that is 100% a superpower. I don't think that everyone can do that. In fact, most people can't. So most you should be proud can. of that. I, you had me at cheese. Yeah. <laughs> um, Not wine? Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't know. Either one sounds delicious. Yeah, <laughs> agreed. Um, is there anything we didn't ask you and we should have? Oh, no. Okay. Goodness. Good. So Jamie um, and I like to close our conversations with things that are a little bit um, – more intimate and less huge, so to speak. And we've already named that you're from Westfield, New Jersey, which Westfield's probably upset that we all cheated on it. And yeah. Ended up in Mama, Mama County, County instead. instead. Uh, especially coming out of Hoboken, which I think Hoboken was like a one. 75% went yeah. to Westfield. Um, so what's your favorite order at your hometown restaurant? Easy. Ferraro's in Westfield, their pizza. It's so lame and so like boring. It's not anything, but like that pizza there is so good and a Diet Coke. Sounds oh, perfect. God, I love Diet. Now, now, now we we're really By the way, we have, a similar, we, have a similar, we have a similar relationship with our hometown pizza restaurant, ah, so I get it. Try it. And listen, I love Monmouth County, but I'm trying really hard to recreate home and I don't know if you can. I think there's something about home, where you're from, where you're from and how it tastes. Absolutely. Agreed. Absolutely. In fact, there's a sandwich that's our like Favorite thing Where'd from growing up. up. We're in from Bergen County. It's okay. called Harrington Park, a super small town like Fairhaven. 
um, if not smaller, actually, no traffic lights until we were in oh. um, middle school. Yeah, we got our first small. traffic light. It was a really big deal. And by middle school, <laughs> I mean a different wing of the school that we went through to from K through eight. Um, we rode a donkey to school. No, I'm no, no. Um, <laughs> in the snow, in yeah. the snow in with no shoes. Yeah, yeah. no. Um, like our one of our favorite things is called a store special, which is from. Um, the store, it's called the store in Harrington Park. And a store special is literally just an Italian sub, but like not even an Italian sub. Like it's, it's you just know, like meat, ham and cheese. And so I remember when I first made my husband like get it and the whole thing. He's like, I mean, it's good, but like, I'm like, no, 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 no. It's the, the best thing in the whole world. You, yeah. know? you absolutely can't. It tastes, like it tastes yes. like childhood. You can't, you can't so replace wait, the that. Provolone. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's the dressing, actually. If you could travel anywhere in the world, where would you go? One alone. Two with a partner and three your best friend. Oh, okay. So I have to answer all. Them. If I could travel anywhere in the world alone, hmm. my God, alone. That sounds like so divine. <laughs> I know. <laughs> One of our guests, luxury. Sarah Martinez, said, "My house with no kids oh, in it." That is quite. Isn't a that sanctuary. a great? No, because then I just look at it and be yeah, like, like, "Oh my God, I gotta, I gotta clean this. I gotta so dirty. organize this drawer." Yeah. Oh no, far, far away. Um, I think I would go back to Spain. I think I would go back to my Sevilla, my happy place. Yeah. I used to do a lot of runs throughout the town, you know, the city. And I think I'd go for a nice long run in the spring in Sevilla all that by myself. Sounds amazing. sounds amazing. Blissful. All by myself. What I'll about with a with partner, you. with your husband? With or my hubs? Ooh, we love wine tasting. Um, I think I would go to Australia. That's always been on my bucket list. Um, I hear they have some kick-ass Shiraz. Um, I think we would go all the way down there and enjoy the Great Barrier Reef and some nice reds. Sounds good. Yeah. Good answer. And your best friend? Hmm. I think we, well, actually, we have a nice trip coming up. I'm pretty pumped. Um, we're going to go back to Villanova. I know that's not like exotic, but um, my dear friend just um, survived uh, lymphoma. And it was a awesome. crazy year last year. And we said, um, our 20-year reunion's coming up. We're going back to campus, and we're going to do this. And we're very excited in June to go together. Uh, we have our hotel room booked just the two of us. Oh, so <laughs> my gosh, my I date. love that. I'm dissing my husband, and um, we're doing it together and just going to have a nice stroll down memory lane. And, and I think that will be pretty awesome. I went to the Rusted Root campus, uh, concert on campus, Villanova. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sounds great. I was there, too. Yeah. Send me away. <laughs> so I mean, I'm away. Like a freshman. When was it? Freshman so you and I, are, well, you and I are the same year. Yeah. I don't remember what year that was. I don't remember much of that day. It's like actually, a one hit wonder. Yeah. Do right. you have any other songs? No, no. I Sorry. have the whole album. Um, <laughs> but I drove up from Richmond, and I'm actually going to my 20 year. Nice. Um, and everyone can do the math on us now. I think we've said it six different ways. It's okay. I'm proud of it. Um, I'm going in a in a month. With my best friends, who I've mentioned twice in this podcast, I guess I should call them today. Yeah, um, and we are going back down memory lane, also. But the rest of the way, I just good. I just did that for fifteen at Michigan a year, like a little bit late. We went this fall because we're two thousand three, so Rub we went. Um, sorry, I'm younger, not forty yet. <laughs> Don't um, apologize. So I we went for, to, to Ann Arbor, a awesome. group of ten friends for the first time ever. The ten of us like, since we graduated because we've been back, it? but in like pockets of friends. Yeah. It was incredible. Oh. It really was. We went on the fields. It was yeah. It was a really incredible experience. Really it powerful. was freezing, but amazing. I can't believe it's 20 years. Like no, I think that's gross. what I'm just going to be saying. It's is gross. Like, uh, but you know what? When crazy. I look at my kid, and your daughter is the same as mine, yeah. I mean, if she's 10, I mean, time passed, right? It's crazy. Yes. I mean, yeah. it just, it just, it's just, it's, it's in its capsule. 
because everything that you did in that time is just protected in those memories. That's a good way to put it. I love it. Well, we should finish up with our favorite question, which might be a little bit of a different answer for you. We'll see. So we we talk often about um, our crushes, our brand crush, Mm -hmm. our – um, maybe for your, it might be a, an, op, an organization that you have a crush on, but we often talk about um, in career, like a dream job or where you would work or what are you currently crushing on? And, um, you know, we'd love to hear from you what your brand crush is. Like, who are you just super inspired by, love what they're doing? It can be a brand, it could be an organization mm-hmm. that you would love to get involved in. Um, you know, it could be anything, but, you know, we talk about in the past, we've talked about whether it's a soul cycle or swell bottle or just somebody that you think is just killing it in every area. Oh, how about Orange Theory? Yes. That's how yeah. I met Yes, Orange Theory is a great example. I love Orange Theory because it's so efficient. Like this whole concept of coming for one hour and just making an impact and really just making it count. And it works. It does. It really well, works. You ladies are like living testimonies. Oh, you look fantastic. Thank you. You're like rocking it. So yeah, I, I think my, my brand crush is Orange Theory because- I agree. I, you don't I'm have in a that, lot of I'm time. You just want to get in and out. Let's do this and- I like it. Time protected. You I know like what you're guard your time. Bring it all back. Yeah, yeah. I and like then go to Ferraro's, the right, and get yeah. your piece of pizza and your diet coke. Undo, undo it. Actually, the Easter candy has been like killing me. Yeah, it's Yesterday still around. I went to yeah. Orange Theory, and I'm like, I just undid everything that. Right, I, but it tasted good. Yeah, it tasted good. Oh, worth my it. favorite. Um, I think Orange Theory is a great way to end. Amazing. Awesome. This was awesome. Thank you. See you next time on the Orange Zone. Yeah, right. (laughs) See you on the treads. You know, I do want to say one thing as before we before we leave our audience. You mentioned a couple times about how you're a professional volunteer. And this is where I insert myself for you, for other women like you, and for our audience. Your resume has not taken a pause. And not that I'm taking you anywhere from your children or <laughs> Impact or anybody in Monmouth County. We're guarding your time. We're doing we're, it. We're, we're watching you time. out. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that your professional career, if you wanted to pick it back up again, it, it, it is not – there is no gap. And right. You I could always you, add that on. You, yeah. It doesn't necessarily – first of all, in the state of New York, you're no longer entitled to ask about salary. Mm-hmm. So if you're running Impact and you are raising all these – funds and you have all these bullet points, but dear everyone, that's not a gap in your resume. So the littlest thing that you're doing in your life can be impactful. And I find that a lot of people, to echo one of the words that we started with, get paralyzed when they're thinking about returning to work. Yeah. Find what you're doing, showcase it. Mm-hmm. That's right. It's your life. You drive. You make your own impact. There is no gap on your resume. You are not at fault for raising your children. No way. And what did Sarah Personette say? What do you mean? Sarah Personette said that we should be evaluated by— Oh, it's um, especially women these days, but in in particular, um, performance, not presence. So just because you're not in an office and just Mm -hmm. because you're not at a desk doesn't mean you're not performing in in a beautiful, impactful way. On the contrary, right? It all gets done. It all gets done. Away from the desk. Yeah, away from the desk. (laughs) Actually, the desk is— the desk yeah. is the reason why things don't get done. Yeah. yeah. Let's be fair. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Anyway, this was Thank lovely. You Thank you for words. being here. This was so awesome. I loved it. You guys thanks, are the Deirdre. best. You're the bomb. Thanks this was for great. Having thanks. Me. Thanks for coming. Easier than ziplining, right? Yeah. yeah definitely. <laughs> okay. Oof. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thank you.